0: solve a problem like voting in jersey perhaps only covid restrictions have had more changes in our election system in recent years but this time 2022 it's all going to be different quite literally it's all going to be different if anyone tells you they can predict what will happen in june then ignore them walk away they haven't got a clue we might still not be able to vote online, but everything else has changed. New districts, no senators, and the appearance of the mysterious and shadowy none of the above on selected ballot papers. Owen oh, Jersey will be proving that it's not just Boris who can party. But if you think this Politics Disassembled podcast with me, James Filial, is going to be yet more intricate analysis of voting structures, franchise reform and mandate fairness... We'll switch off now. It's not. It's Game of Thrones, state style. Politics is power, so who will be clinging on? Who are the not-so-young pretenders? And who holds the keys to the castle? And just to prove my statement that no one really does have a clue what's going on in June, that we've truly leapt into the abyss of a brave political new world, I'm joined on the pod today by the current Constable of St John, Andy Jeon, someone who might be a newcomer to the Assembly, but who's also a seasoned political campaigner. In the new age of parties, we're going to be bringing back some good old personalities to politics. Andy, welcome to the pod.
1: Thank you very much, James.
0: Okay, so first we need to get the um, elephant in the room out of the way, uh, I guess, and and go through your plans. What are you going to be doing in June?
1: Well, I'm delighted to confirm that I hope to stand for re-election as Constable of St John. Um, I've had some great feedback uh, from parishioners. I've also been asked by a number of people to stand for deputy, uh, but I've nailed my colours to the mast. The constable role is one I'm really keen to continue to do, and I hope parishioners will give me their support.
0: Okay. All right. So that's the first question answered. What you, what your plans are. So you're going to be one of twelve uh, constables, obviously standing for election come June. Let's focus firstly though um, on the deputies, because that's where the main changes have been, right? For this uh, for this election, the, the the deputies districts. We're going to have nine districts. So the one that um, people are really focusing on so far, the one one out in the west, you know, which is going to be a district of Saint Mary Saint One and St Peter. How how do you see that working? I mean, I'm asking because we've got some some ministers out there. We've got Lyndon Farnham. We've got Ian Gorst. We've got, not a minister, but we've got Christina Moore, a senior figure in scrutiny. How do you think that one's going to play out?
1: I think it's going to be fascinating because we've also got uh, an assistant chief minister there. Uh, We've got an excellent scrutineer in David Johnson. And I'm also aware of several good new candidates. Uh, I've been really encouraged by the amount of people talking to me and others about putting the name forward, asking for details. Uh, So I think it's been a fascinating election. Um, I I managed a campaign in Guernsey in the uh, all-Ireland election, and uh, it was really interesting last week's states debate when people were bemoaning the lack of senators, and not one of those people bought a proposal to put forward 36 senators, which is something I would have absolutely supported if there had been 12 constables as well. Guernsey proved it could be done. I was surprised it could be done. Um, So we're going to see the districts and um, back in the day, I forget which year it was, I actually managed the option B campaign which had larger districts and had constables and I thought that staying the same wasn't sustainable, Um, doing nothing uh, really isn't sustainable at all. I didn't like the loss of constables and parochial representation so I thought option B was the, the least worst of a bad bunch. If there had been 36 senators and 12 constables I would have supported that campaign.
0: Senators obviously go in this election though So uh, Senator Farnham, he, uh, so he lives in St. Juan He's going to decide where he stands Because he can de- he can stand anywhere right? It's only constables that have to stand in their, in their own district So he could stand uh, out west But equally he'd go back to his roots He was elected twice as a, a deputy in St. Saviour So possible for him to stand there
1: Yeah and also uh, Ian Gorst was a uh, deputy in St. Clements before So uh, that is interesting uh, Christina Moore was a deputy in St. Peter's uh, So has represented the area before but as far as I understand, I understand they're all going to uh, put their hats in the same ring. So I think it's going to be great that uh, people in that district will have a choice and um, it will give people a mandate um, or will give the island change.
0: But it's only four, four seats. There'll be four deputies there. So say that is Senator Farnham, Senator Gorst, uh, Senator Moore. There's anyone one left for any of the deputies you mentioned, but also any newcomers, which is presumably the objective. People want to get new people into the States.
1: Well, I'm really encouraged, as I said earlier, about the, um, the quality and the calibre of some of the potential candidates. Now, you know, as always with elections, people talk about standing and then they get put off for whatever reason um, so it doesn't mean to say they're going to uh, to get in there. And interestingly, those three people, uh, senators that you've mentioned, I don't believe any of them are currently aligned to a party. So I'd imagine that the parties would want to put candidates in that district as well. So the people I've been talking to, I don't believe, are aligned to parties. So we could see big contests in each of the district. I've heard of massive numbers in St Saviour. Um, you know, we're talking 20-plus potential candidates. Now, some of those are going to be really serious candidates, some won't be as serious, uh, but it's going to be fascinating to watch it all unravel.
0: So there's lots to talk about in all of that, but maybe let's draw out another hotspot then. If we're thinking out west, there could be uh, some interesting moves. What about in St Helier? So the cliché at the moment is obviously that'll, the, the extra the seats, I think it's 13 uh, deputies in St Helia, rather than the 10 that are there currently, that'll suit reform. Do, do you agree with that? Is that, is that your analysis?
1: Uh, it's not my analysis at all i think um what is going to be key is getting getting that turnout up which you mentioned earlier and and it's up to the candidates uh, to get the turnout up it's not up to vote.jo or anyone else it really is up to people to engage with people you know if people want change they're going to have to demonstrate they want change otherwise things will stay the same i think we've seen historically Uh, in certain parts of St Halia, where they've been quite conservative in the people they've elected. You know, I can think of former chief ministers who have been voted into St Halia as as deputies uh, in the past. So I think um, it's all to play for. I think it's going to be very interesting uh, what policies people come up with and whether people want the change that they're talking about wanting change, but when it comes to vote, will they get out and vote? And um, that's going to be fascinating.
0: So one of the points that you hear a lot uh, at the moment, is that those extra three seats in Saint Helier will change the balance of the state? So you know, in very rough terms, you have a load of people who have always voted one way, a load of people who always vote the other way, and the balance of power is held by the small group in the middle. Do you think that change in Saint Helier for ten to thirteen seats, so quite a significant change in representation? Do you think that'll change that balance?
1: I think you ignore Saint Clements at your peril. I think we're going to see a big change in Saint Clements. Um, that to me is is um an area where we could see see change. Um, in so, what way? What do you mean? Well, there's more seats in St. Clement's than previously. So there currently there's only two deputies there, and I think there's four or five seats in St. Clement's. So there's new new opportunity there, and I think St. Uh, Saviour is also an area where people won't be voting in their district, they'll be voting within the parish. So where someone may have good support in a district in St. Saviour, will they have the parish's support? So I think it's... I'd like to be observing this election, actually, rather than participating, but um, I'm delighted to be participating. I think to an, analyse it, it's going to be absolutely really, really interesting.
0: Do you agree with the comment that this is an election which is uh, just no-one knows which way it's going to go? It's totally open and different.
1: I think it's very difficult to predict. We've still got uh, five five months to go before we get to the polls, and there's a lot can happen in that time. Uh, a lot can happen uh, both uh, positive and negative, so it's really difficult to call. And uh, I've been involved, uh, as you say, campaigning for many years. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, I've managed campaigns for 30 years and been involved for over 40 years, so that ages me, doesn't it? Um, so it, it is unlike anything we've seen before, um, and I really think we're going to see a lot of things unravel. I believe we'll see collaboration. Uh, we're seeing the forming of parties. Uh, too late, in my opinion, I think... I do support party politics. I won't be joining a party as a constable. I think constables should be there to represent all their parishioners. Uh, And I will, uh, as I've said in the States a few times, actually, politicians should think of the island and islanders rather than who has brought a proposition uh, to the States before they vote.
0: Let's get into some of that in more depth, though. You say you think this might be the election when some things will unravel. What what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I think we've seen people... uh, both constables and deputies, and I'm delighted uh, with the larger districts because I think we'll have more contested uh, elections. And you said earlier there'll be 12 uh, candidates. I'm hoping that that's more than double. I'm I'm fairly sure we'll see a lot of contested constables elections. Uh, Where where people are popular in a parish, and now they're in a district of more than one parish, I think they may chance their arm as constable. And I think that's going to be really, really interesting to see how that works. Because there shouldn't be any uncontested elections. you know I was very fortunate to uh, to be elected. Uh, I had a campaign all ready to go um, i I was convinced I was going to face a contested election uh, and only played by uh, on phone back the day after to find out the person I thought was going to stand against me uh, had been honorable and phoned me the day before but that's um that's behind us. But I think we'll see contested elections for constables. And I think we'll see some people potentially move from deputy to constable.
0: All right, well, let's talk about um, one of those potentials. So Health Minister Richard Renoff, um currently uh, deputy to St. Juan. We know the constable of St. Juan, Richard Buchanan, uh, isn't standing. So do you see that as one transition from deputy to constable?
1: Well, uh, Richard has tried before to be constable of St. Juan and uh, failed spectacularly. I think he was the bookie's favourite and um, he didn't come home. Um, I'm sure he's learned a lot in his political career since that that experience. But I've uh, spoken to two uh, potential candidates for Constable of St. Juan, neither of them being uh, the deputy. So I think there will be a contested election in St. Juan. And, um, yeah, let's watch this space.
0: Okay, all right, let's maybe um, come to the role of the Chief Minister. The reason I ask is that uh, John LaFondre is obviously a member of the uh, Alliance Party. Now, the Alliance Party will be deciding on their leader next month in February. Now oh, you know, it's purely speculation but presumably a policy director like Sir Mark Boliath is going to stand for that role too so if the Chief Minister doesn't become the leader of his own party, what does he do?
1: Oh we have to ask him that question, um, he's saying in but the Go me- on speculate <laughs> for us In the media this week he's saying he hasn't made his mind up um, you know, will he stand for deputy in the district or will he go for constable of St Lawrence um, you know that's that's his two choices, or his third choice is not to stand again. I think if he doesn't win a leadership contest in a party, then that would be telling him something I'd suggest.
0: Okay, all right, so I'll we'll have to see how that um, how that goes. You mentioned um, that he might, uh, if he does choose to stand, he be standing in St Lawrence. Of course, in St Lawrence, um, combined with your own parish and Trinity... In this election, so St John and Trinity. So presumably, in that district, there'll be Hugh Raymond and there'll be Gregory Geeda, all going for what is it four? I think seats across
1: uh, uh, four seats. And we've also got uh, Deputy Morale, um sitting sitting member, Deputy Poynton, who's a, an assistant minister, um, and Senator Volwa, who says she's not going to stand for re-election. And again, I'm aware of some excellent candidates, and I mean excellent candidates. Who are going to be putting their names forward uh, for this district, and um, I, I think it's going to be great fun. Okay,
0: all right, but no, um, no. I mean, it's your parish. You don't. You haven't got any particular views on how that's going to play out.
1: Well, I think um, you know, if, you, if you're a Saint Lawrence resident and you've represented Saint Lawrence before, then you, you're going to be at a slight advantage because it's a larger, larger area. But um, I, I think uh, talking to people in Saint John, in Trinity, and Saint Lawrence that. Uh, there is an appetite for change. Um, and as I said, there are some really good candidates who are, are seriously considering putting the name forward. Some may declare uh, sooner than we, we think. Uh, again, I'd expect the parties to be looking for candidates in each of these districts. So I think we could see quite quite heavily contested elections, and that's why I, I think that people will consider standing for constable uh, as opposed to deputy, because if you're well-known in a parish, you've represented that parish before, you've got a core vote uh, there to start with. So you are at an advantage. And, um, you know, name recognition is is an advantage to people. That, let's not kid ourselves about it. Uh, you know, I can talk all day about campaign strategy. And um, I, I think if I was advising some of those people, I'd convince them to go for constable.
0: All right, let's have a look at the, uh, the parties then, perhaps in a bit more detail. So at the moment we've got uh, four. So reform with, with five current states' members, Progress with two, Alliance with ten, and the Jersey Liberal Conservatives with none so far. Do you think by when we come to the election, we're still going to have four parties?
1: Uh, We could have uh, more parties, we could have fewer parties, we could see uh, collaboration, as I said earlier. uh, There's been lots of work going on in the background that I'm aware of for for many, many months, and none of those parties are as as advanced as they should be in the lead-up to an election, perhaps with the exception of reform, because... They're an established party, uh, not the establishment, but an established party. And um, you know, my view has been very much that the party should be set up from the ground up, not from the top down. And um, I, I find it quite uh, worrying that uh, we're going to be dictated to. I, I laughed uh, yesterday uh, when I saw the plans for the waterfront because the week before we saw desi- um, a policy coming out about the height of buildings should be higher. And here we have a policy director, the former chair of the state's Jersey Development Company, uh, putting out a policy which the next week we see uh, the SOJDC coming out with something that looked very, very, very similar.
0: You made the comment, though, that you think it's too late in terms of this election for parties. I mean, why do you say that? Five months still to go? Is, is that not long enough?
1: Well, parties should all be about the membership uh, and the membership aren't all, me- all elected. So really, um, I followed Guernsey very closely, and um, I can tell you uh, from my experience that, uh, well, certainly one party didn't have any members elected. Uh, they spent a lot of money. Uh, but the people who stood as independents were probably the most organised group, and that was fascinating to watch and fascinating to be a part of. And I think people will want to see what kind of a track record a group has got. You know what's going to happen if um, if the chief minister doesn't become the leader of uh, the alliance and the current leader of the alliance isn't the leader of the alliance, what will that do to the relationships that are that are there? We've already heard of at least one member of the alliance who's not standing for re-election. What will happen to the others? Will they think I'm moving on? And what about um, the policy director? If, if he's not elected as the chair, will he stay or will he go?
0: There's an issue here, though, around island-wide mandate though isn't there as well so one of the arguments behind the parties is that you know you vote for the party therefore the party leader becomes chief minister and therefore they have an island-wide mandate so what what if an independent does it mean an independent can't be chief minister on that basis because obviously there's no senators so there's no other island-wide mandate apart from sitting behind a party so effectively what's happened there is it means if you're going to be chief minister and you're going to say I represent Jersey you have to be member of a party
1: I don't think so. I really don't because I think if you get a mandate from the electorate, so if you top the poll in your district, uh, if you scrape in then forget standard for chief minister in my book, although we've seen some chief ministers who haven't done well in the polls and done a, a reasonable job as chief minister. So, uh, But I think if you, if you do really well in your district and you're independent and you can work with people and you can lead people. You know, the state's chamber lacks a lot of leadership. You know, we, we look back at uh, previous uh, assemblies and where there's been natural leaders. I look around and I'm shocked at the lack of leadership that we currently have. Um, and that's down to people's experience, um, their values, uh, their the lack of vision or their lack of ability to demonstrate a vision. So if we get some good leaders put their names forward we could see a newcomer become a chief minister who's not a member of a party.
0: But is that really true, though? I mean, say, so my parish, St Clement, say say we, we elect a deputy, which obviously we will elect four of them. That person can never say they represent the whole of Jersey because they've only ever been voted for by a group of people in St Clement.
1: Well, the current process is it's the state's members who elect the chief minister. And whilst that process is in place, uh, then your deputy, who maybe an independent could become chief minister, if they can rally enough support. Now, if we look at what happened at last uh, election, there were candidates who were desperately trying to get re-elected. And the candidates who had already been elected uh, were working feverishly on a chief minister campaign. So that was quite interesting to watch. So you could say that some of the chief minister candidates or potential candidates took their eye off the ball when it came to the chief minister race. Mm and were pipped at the post, and some of that was because they wouldn't do an agreement with reform, um, and some of that was because they sh- surely, surely didn't have the time to manage a campaign to run for Chief Minister.
0: All right, let's finally look at this um, none-of-the-above issue, which is the first time you know that's, that's come up uh, on a Jersey ballot paper. How, how do you actually see that working? So just to, to be clear, you're going to have none-of-the-above, where it's the same or fewer number of candidates for the number of uh, positions available. So you can never have you a know, candidate elected unopposed, presumably. How do you think that's actually going to work in practice?
1: I think it's going to be interesting. I, I can see uh, the reason behind that proposal. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I was elected in an uncontested election, but I still went out and delivered leaflets to every home around uh, the parish and spoke to people and I think it's going to be up to those candidates who, who don't have a physical contest to actually get off their backsides and get out there and engage with the public. And, and I think it's important that we do that because you want to have a mandate. Being elected unopposed is, is a fantastic honour. But the reality is it doesn't really give you the mandate to, to lead the parish in a, in a constable's uh, position. But if you can convince the vast, vast, vast majority of people to vote for you, in an election and I'm really encouraged by the use of postal votes um, and I hope people will take the easy option to use a postal vote pre-poll or get out there on the day but it's up to the candidates to get the contest and if people work hard we see voter turnout increase.
0: Okay Andy Jean thanks very much. Thank you. And Jail, thanks for your comments and we'll see how much we both know on June the 22nd this year. It promises to be quite an election if you've got a view on anything at all in Jersey or actually if you simply just live and breathe in the island. that it involves you. You need to be part of it. It's not really much more difficult than that and there really is no excuse. Get on the electoral roll and get informed. All you need is online. It's really easy to find. It takes a moment's effort. it will be all over every media outlet. Or, of course, you could just keep listening to The Political Pod with me, James Filial. Vote for us by liking and sharing to your heart's content. You can find this pod in all the normal pod places. But for now, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.